everybody. Welcome back. It's me, Paul. Hey. And, and this is your boy, Pancake, who is uh, filling in for Nathan tonight. Filling in for Nathan, and we don't really have anything specific to talk about, so this is going to go interesting. I think that's uh, that's the, for the best. <laughs> I mean, like, full transparency, this is way last minute. Like, I, even if Nathan was here, we hadn't planned anything to talk about this week at all. I actually forgot to do this podcast this week because I've been busy <laughs> with other stuff, so this is, like, the final hour here. You're basically telling our listeners... Hey, don't worry about listening to this one. This one's uh, this is going to be a shit episode. So <laughs> you're really sell- giving them the hard sell here. No, like- well, what I'm saying is, don't worry. This one's on us. This is a freebie. Okay. Freebie. Yeah, because uh, that's- we're charging. That- that's uh, that's the thing, right? That. Oh man, that would be so nice. <laughs> I mean, the people do that, so <laughs> it-, it isn't necessarily impossible. You just have to, I think, have a little bit uh, larger of a listenership to <laughs> get down with that. And a richer one, I think. I think a lot of our listener base is like still in high school and in college and stuff, and college kids don't have the most money. Yeah, I remember those days. I had um, back when I was in college, my parents would send me money like once a month because it was I, I was in bomb f nowhere, and literally like it was the the king shit if you actually could get a job at a Walmart. Yeah. So because yeah. then you have some income coming in to yeah, do stuff. Yeah. And in retrospect, I mean, I should have sold myself and tried harder because if I had had a, any kind of an income there, you, you sort of think to yourself, you're like, oh, man, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this, uh, the studying thing if I have a job at, at fucking Walmart, as if that's really a thing. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, it would, first of all, it would have been easy as shit because now that, you know, we're in the real workforce, we realize, oh, yeah, going in for six hours and, and using the the cash register isn't exactly going to screw over my studies or anything. Right. But – um. Not only that, if I had any kind of money, oh my god, I would have hit it, been hitting up the bar scene. Wait, no, I was in the middle of nowhere. So, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Still would have mattered. You would have been the king shit at college, though, because you'd be the one that would be able to pay for alcohol. Uh, yeah, and everybody would just come to me for their, you know, when they needed to borrow money to buy weed. It would have been great. Exactly. <laughs> or you could kill two birds with one stone and start selling weed for your job. Ah, oh, see, that... You're thinking there now. Yeah, we had a, I had a roommate that was um, that got kicked off campus because he was caught selling weed out of his dorm room, and it, this was a, or not out of his, it was out of one of his friends. And the story that I heard, which this pretty much uh, solidified as if it wasn't already a thing, solidified the fact that I was never going to deal drugs. He had um, people just walking into. It, it, we basically had townhouses as our dorm dorm rooms. It was pretty nice actually. Yeah, but. Uh, he would have people just walk into the main freaking room and say, oh, hey, you, you, you holding? You want anything? You, whatever. Yeah. And they just had a, a police, one of the campus police knocked on the door. Uh, smart, actually. And so they freaked out like it was, you know, th- this is freaking the middle of Pennsylvania. Who get, you know, it's, it's not as, as if this is, you know, New York City. They're running around trying to flush drugs and stuff. And they're, the guy's like looking in the window saying, dude, I, I see what you're doing. You know, yeah, <laughs> you can't really hide it. And yet they, you know, they trashed, I think, a couple hundred dollars worth of pot just because they thought that they were going to get away with it. And it's like, no, stupid. One of your uh, clients or clientele went and turned you in. I don't think you're getting out of this one. Yeah. Ended up getting off campus. I got a nice golf bag out of it, though. The golf... <laughs> Aren't they all uh, stoners on the golf team? I mean, they must be. I, the, our, the snowboard teams up here are all stoners. So, dude, oh, that's. I mean, I miss college. I, I feel like I'm really old because I'm saying that I miss college. But I, I was able to take a, a snowboard class in college. That was sweet. 
Uh, of course, I'm terrible at snowboarding, and I ended up tearing my uh, ligament in my elbow. <laughs> Do you guys get enough snow down there for that? Well, it, where we were. I mean, I, now, oh, Pennsylvania, I, yeah. Pennsylvania, I wasn't at the, I'm not here. Not here, I mean, we didn't even get a winter last year. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I freaking, ever since I lost weight, I, I used to be a lot bigger than I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I lost weight, I completely lost my stomach for winter. I mean, I can't stand it now. I get freezing cold. Yeah, you have no more padding. Yeah, I mean, that's a really funny way to put it, but yeah, it's actually true. I mean, you feel like you, you walk outside and you're like, okay, well, it's uh, it's fucking cold. I'm going back in. Mm-hmm. Look, some of those, some of the gear you get, though, when you're, especially when you're snowboarding or skiing, your gear is a lot <laughs> It's pretty warm. I mean, it's pretty thin, but it's pretty warm. So I still like going out uh, snowboarding and stuff, but yeah, it's not not nearly as much as I did back when I was in college. Yeah, the trick is for that sort of stuff is to buy stuff that doesn't hold re- or retain water and keeps yeah. wind out, and then you're fine. Oh, dude, I thought I was a fucking uh, you know Tony Hawk. I, I was uh, I wore like an Airwalk jacket. The thing was awesome. I mean, nice. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've never been a skater. I've never been really what you would consider to be any kind of a legitimate boarding culture type of guy i was just you know some dick with a freaking uh airwalk jacket yeah it felt great it looked nice uh you know i was looking sharp when i was coming down the the mountain and crashing into things and you fun. had you had your stoner friends so <laughs> yeah. you were living the life without living having the... to <laughs> living the dream living the dream a stoner skateboarder snowboarder person definitely definitely so what's been going on with you man I actually just finished watching Walking Dead Season 3, Episode 1. Ah, very It took nice. me that long to get to it, so that's why I was pissed off on Twitter, unfollowing people, because they were <laughs> saying, I knew what was going to happen to one of the characters at the end there, because I uh, read it. Yeah, I mean, are we going to give spoilers here or no? Um, you know what? what yeah. We, what we can do is we'll say... All right, we are going to talk about spoilerific stuff for five minutes. So if you do not want to hear what happened on The Walking Dead, Episode 1, Season 3, go ahead and skip five minutes ahead, and we will be getting back to generalities, and I will keep track of the time. Well, in the show description, I usually, if we talk spoilers, I put uh, timestamps, so read that if you don't want to know, and it'll say when we stop talking about it. That's fair, so we'll give a, a time for you to pause and go ahead. All right, let's talk about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so Herschel got fucked up. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, I don't know why this is no, hasn't happened before at this point. Everybody, every time somebody gets bitten, I guess they just give him up for the most part. They're just like, ah, he's fucked. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's just move on. And in this case, I mean, they were doing their whole boss invasion routine, so they didn't necessarily, you know, they have sort of a different mentality, but I don't know why they never tried that beforehand. I think it might speak mostly to how valuable Herschel is to the group, being the only one with any medical background. Yeah, but I see, I think I do agree with that, but I don't know as much about the, uh, the the comic book as most people. In fact, I have not read it at all. I, I didn't want to get it. I'm trying to purchase it, but I don't have money at the moment. Yeah, but um, and that shit's expensive. There's like three, yeah. um, three like total hardcover books of it, and they're like a hundred bucks each. They actually have one that's um, it's like a compendium, which I like that word. Um, yeah. they have the compendium, which is um, I think all 30- the first hundred, right? No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the they have two of them, so there's I guess it's the first uh, eight of the what is it the the books the first eight books and uh, I think there's sixteen total books so 
there's a they have it and it's like 38 us which is not terrible but it's more than i really want to spend right now especially since i'm already reading like 15 things yeah um uh, so i haven't really gotten into it on that side i have been playing the uh, the games i'm on about halfway through episode three okay the game so i i could actually speak to some of that now which yeah is nice. we could talk about some of that too i haven't played episode four yet but since I've you not... haven't gotten that way that's good uh, as uh, actually I, I do a terrible job of introing me although if you've watched or if you've watched um, if you're watching these i'm impressed um if you if you've listened to them you know that i'm a uh i i'm on the awful gamer uh website that's one of my pet projects so for my for the website i've been doing a series on the walking dead uh video game mm-hmm. and so so i i kind of have to stick back with it because i don't want to get too far ahead of on my personal playthrough of where i am on my um on my your video app. one one because i my whole shtick on it is that I want to play through as a complete asshole because it's counterintuitive. A lot of the uh, the actions you take, yeah, and it, it it makes for a different playthrough, but there's still a lot of story points that are the same. So I didn't want to get too far ahead of it. So I'm not even up to episode four yet. Long right. story. Yeah, I just haven't had time to get episode four and play through it yet. So, but yeah, I got cycling back around. The reason why I was saying that is that I, I don't necessarily know um, what the the expectation is for Herschel's future. I don't know if he's a kind of guy that sticks around a long time. I don't know if he's, you know, as important medically as he is in the, in the show. Yeah. But we had that impression of him in the show that he's like this doctor and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's the doctor. He's the guy that nurses everybody back to health from the game. We, we see Herschel for, you know, what? Like five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get an impression that he's some sort of a, a witch doctor in that? I didn't. No. I so think I'm, in the game, more than anything, it was just kind of to tie the world together, though, of the it's walking. It's possible. And it, the the whole having Glenn there thing is the same sort of deal. But um, I didn't. I never really got that impression that he was uh, this, you know, absolutely necessary medical person. But then again, I've heard from um, my, my old buddy Eno Metso that in the books... They're, uh, you know, there's not, they're just kind of characters that don't exist. Yes. They kill characters quicker in the books. Yep. It's like, so I, I maybe, maybe we're giving too much importance to this and maybe we shouldn't necessarily even judge on that. Maybe it's a completely different universe, just using some of the characters as, you know, templates. Yeah. So For, well, I, from what I'm to understand, um, they're purposefully making the show different. So people that have been into the comics still have something to like look forward to. Yeah, and that makes sense. I think that they've done that, or they did that with Game of Thrones a lot too. Although they, they've done it less than they do in uh, in this Game of Thrones, they do hold, I guess, to the. I'm probably saying that wrong. They, they do hold it to the subject matter pretty well. Yeah, there are some differences as well, um, especially in terms of taking characters out or you know putting new characters in stuff like that. Yeah, we're not talking about Game of Thrones anyway. <laughs> well, if you want to talk in just like a full humanity sort of way they did spend a lot of time with herschel at this point so maybe it was just like a desperation thing like no we have to get this guy like okay yeah i i don't i don't necessarily buy it if they save him that way i don't don't know i don't know it doesn't feel right to me it feels like first of all they didn't they didn't do it like within a couple seconds i feel like if the if a zombie bites you and this is just you know zombie cannon i guess uh it's a argument that really big nerds have uh, and i'm one of them but mm-hmm. <laughs> in zombie canon i would imagine that when a, when a zombie bites you you have to cut off that blood supply almost immediately or you're fucked 
Right. They took, you know, they hemmed and hawed for what, like a minute or two? I'd imagine that blood has to have gotten to his heart, right? You would think? Like, maybe, but then if you look into some of the other stuff they're doing in the series, they're all infected to begin with. Right. So, I guess, are we to believe that they're actually dying from an infection? I mean, like, an actual, like, bacterial infection? Is that, is that Are they dying from that when they get bitten by a zombie? Like, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just that when you die, the, like, antibodies and white blood cells and stuff, they're no longer doing their job, so it can take full control. Maybe. I mean, but they do seem to die on the show. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's uh, you have to look at it in more of a perspective as, hey, if some random dude bit me, I'd be pretty in, or in pretty bad shape, too. Or maybe and, um, the blood, like, maybe the germ or the bacteria or whatever is causing it in the show or in the universe doesn't take full effect until the blood starts coagulating. Yeah, that, that could be it, too. Uh, so maybe we're looking at it the wrong way, or maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm thinking... The guy's bitten, so he's getting more of the virus or something like that. So he's going to die from the bite. Yeah, but but maybe it should be. We should look at it like he's going to die from the bite. You know <laughs> that he got his ass bit. So cut that leg off to make sure that you know that they don't have all that much medicine. I'm sure. Cut it off. Make sure that he doesn't get more infected and he's good to go. Except he's a little stumpy. So. Well, I mean, if you want to look at it in a purely like sterile way, the whole yeah, yeah. In, the whole infection idea is really just the catalyst for, like, bad things to happen. It does, yeah. like, it does, it's, for any zombie thing, the way they become zombies isn't important because it's the fact that they're going to become zombies that is. Sure. Yeah, so, like, if you wanted to look at it in a completely just, like, no bullshit way, it doesn't matter if they're carrying the germ or what happens. The fact of the matter is when something bad happens, like the suspense is now with that character, what's okay. what his future is going to be. The suspense with all of their characters is that eventually they're all able to become zombies, even if they don't get bitten. So more than anything, I think it's just a way to create more suspense for the viewers and for them in the world, more stress sure. than anything else. That, that makes sense. Uh, it's just... I don't know. Like uh, we had seen people get bit before, yes. And when we we all had believed at that point that you know it was the, the bite was what was causing the infection. Yeah. So I guess we put, we put more of a, an impetus on the fact that they have to immediately kill them or whatever. Maybe that's a little bit different than the reality of their situation, which is the fact that you know they already have the virus anyway. So I don't know. It's 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 an interesting little discussion there in terms of what it means that he was bitten. But I mean, at the at the end of the day, if they went through the trouble of cutting his leg off, I don't think they're going to kill him off. No, right away. I don't think so either. But now let's think about it. If uh, as you know, Paul and Mark, the uh, wow, I'm just giving my name out there. Well, <laughs> I, I don't care. My name's Mark. Hi, I'm Panic. Panic Mark. Panic um, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, it, just from from Paul and Panic, the uh, the two other survivors that they haven't had on camera the entire time. With Herschel being, you know, hobbled like that now, you're pretty much stuck. Yes. You know, you can, if you want him as part of your group, if you want that additional medical care, which, you know, stupid bitch wife is going to need. Yeah. I, I hate her. Uh, yeah, know, she, Lori. She's having, yeah, she's the worst. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a chick that's having a baby here, you can't really very well abandon the only person who might be able to keep them alive. Yes. So he, they're pretty much anchored into that prison, which knowing, like, vaguely a tiny tiny bit about what's going to happen 
and this is just from the fact that I, I read the titles of the books. Mm-hmm. I think that they needed a reason to really anchor them into that prison. Yeah, to keep them there for a while. Yeah. and I, Well, I know they, the prison is the story arc that a lot of fans of the comics were looking forward to. So apparently this is a big thing that they're doing this season. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, obviously, I, I've never read the books, so I don't know if Herschel actually got his, like chopped off in the in the books and all that. But, you know, if, if it doesn't, if that didn't happen, this is a good excuse for them to stay. Yeah. And it's a pretty big story uh, storyline twist. The fact that he's now going to be, you know. I guess probably for a little while he's not he's going to have time that he's got to recover. Yeah. You know, he's, well, I mean, he's a burden now. Like he's just yeah. straight up a burden. And if you if you think about it, you know, the people who were previously around IE Shane, yeah, would have opted for to kill him, I'm sure in that situation Instantly. rather than Yeah, instead yeah. of cutting his leg off, he would have put a bullet between his eyes. Which is interesting that Rick while he they're they're trying to play him off as somebody who's really starting to get it, starting to become that survivalist, it still shows that he has that humanity from exactly. before, which is that which is I think is an outstanding thing. Now, what did you think of the pacing of the episode overall? Um, it went a little too fast for me, and I think that might just be because of season two going so slow. I okay, so just straight up, I'm a straight uh, Roman Polanski film fan. Okay. And like, so I am the type of person that will sit through something for like three hours for the ten minute payoff okay. at the end. So like, when they're just kind of going and going, it just left a really weird feel because the second season did such a good job of pacing with the characters with the development, and so then something happening yeah. at the end that it made me crave more. And I'm just worried that if they keep uh, trying to cater to almost like more of an me. action. <laughs> oriented like catered, fan catered, yeah okay. yeah that i might lose some interest in it but okay. i'm i mean that's still not a huge worry because i am a huge zombie fan right. so like the fact that there are zombies in this will means i will watch it and that's fine i guess yeah i mean i had some problems with season two okay i didn't hate it don't get me wrong i i watched the whole thing i know some people that you know that, that just completely dropped off on season two because they, they just they, they were like you know this is going too slow i can't handle this absolutely I, yeah. did, I didn't hate it but the fact that they spent so much time developing characters that i just didn't care about okay. really started to bother me like andrea you know, I, <laughs> I mean yeah okay <laughs> she, she, her entire story arc, I, I could have done without. I, I and I, I don't know if she's a big character in the book. Whatever, you know, I'm, pro- I'm sure that there's some purists out there that'll probably be upset with me there. Mm. Although I think a lot of people hate her too. Yeah. But you know, just the whole mincing, whining. You know, does she want to kill herself or not? Blah blah blah. I just didn't care. I mean, the thing is, there were, I'm sure, in this environment, people who killed themselves quite a bit. You know it. It just it is what it is, man. That's that's how you end up. That's what happens in an environment with you know a post-apocalyptic environment. And if she makes a decision, that's great. You know, it's not great, I guess. But you know, <laughs> if she makes a decision, okay. If she doesn't, okay. But stop just dragging it along and stop making it so that she's just completely for no reason harming the group. And then you know, you think, okay, you're building up to that seminal point where it pays off towards the end. Yeah. Maybe in that encounter with uh, Shane and Rick, that that fateful encounter where, that led to them, you know, stalking off into the woods and killing each other. Yeah. Okay. 
fine, maybe that's the point at which she makes a difference. And then she just pansies out of the decision. Or okay. it, actually, no, she did make, I guess she, she sided with Rick, but it was like, it, she didn't really fight that hard for it. You know, it wasn't like she, that was her opportunity to become a big character. Yeah. But it just, it was nothing. It was like, okay, well then she disagreed and she goes back to shooting characters that I like in the ear. I mean, so what, what is the point, you know? And I think to a certain extent, with Daryl too, you're running into a situation where he's going to get to that point too. He's been kind of hinting at taking more of a leadership role for probably, uh, you know, chronologically what like seven or eight episodes now. Yeah. Ever since the episode with uh, with the flashbacks. Yeah. He's been hinting at you know this character is going to be this is gonna, he's going to mean more he's going to be you know taking more of a leadership role he's going to be kind of a counter to Rick in a good way, but he's still sitting on the outside and he's not really doing anything and I, I just. At a certain point, a guy like me who isn't, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who likes to watch a three-hour movie to get the five-minute payoff. Now, that being said, if the payoff's really good, I will watch it. And I, I am stubborn as shit, so I'll sit through it. Yeah. I won't like it, but I'll sit through it. Um, I still, I, at a certain point, I got I to gotta get something out of this, and I'm not getting it yet. And that's the problem that I felt was really evident throughout season two. You know, that there's a lot of things where there should be a payoff coming, there should be a payoff coming, and it never came. And okay, you've got once the second half of the season rolled around, where you know the, the Shane and uh, and Rick thing came to a head. That that was great. I really yeah. enjoyed. That. Um, obviously, I mean, how could you not? You know, the, the the barn situation when they finally. Oh God! And that's the other. That just reminded me of what I was really hating about season uh, season two: the fact that they spent what six episodes uh, talking about how they're gonna search around and find the. And they uh, never open the giant they building. Open the fucking barn, and yeah. not only that, it. Opening up the barn just completely nullified like five episodes of it. It was like, okay, great, that that was a nice turn. You know, it was a heartbreaking scene. Why couldn't you have done that three episodes ago? Yeah, because they, they were developing characters to an extent. Well, I mean, in a cynical point of view, it's because they needed to fill thirteen episodes. Be- whereas, whereas the first season only had six. Not wrong. You're absolutely right about that. That you know, they had to they had to fill the episodes. They had to uh, go through the whole thing, but. You know that you had four episodes right there, where you're, or so. I, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating, but you had a number of episodes where the entire focus of the point, you know, the entire point of the show, overall, the, despite the fact that you're developing characters, the entire point of the show is we're fine. We're looking for this girl, and right, then all of a sudden right. you just completely nullify that entire storyline in one mo- one minute, and you realize, damn, they could have done that three episodes ago. They didn't need to waste that time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, okay, you're you're building up Shane as a bad guy. You're building up Rick as a, you know a, a conflicted hero. Yeah. But man, that was already happening. You already saw that from the moment where the um where he killed the dude. You know, he shot the dude and left him for dead. You didn't need it to happen over and over again. I don't know. I don't know. For me, I think season two struck more resonance in the parts that like were the payoff. Um, specifically with Rick, a lot of the beginning episodes were just about finding the girl and making sure his son and wife are okay and all that sort of thing. And then sure. there's this one five-minute part where they are in a bar with Herschel and two dudes roll in and they just start talking to them and like acting a little off and Rick knows something's a little off. A bad and, then, and then he scene. just pulls his gun and fucking wastes both of them. Like, you know, yeah. you can see that like Rick is starting to learn that this is a different world and this is where he starts breaking down a little bit. And then the Shane stuff after that, 
builds onto that and you can see him start to tear a little bit at the seams because he was very much the lawful good and now he's yeah. more of a chaotic good. Well, well put, well put. And that actually that continues on with this season too. And with Andrea specifically, she is an annoying character. However, Gosh. all of season two, when she was spending all that time like with this whole like I'm going to kill myself thing, yeah. I'm really interested to see what's happening in season three because as it stands, she's the only one that got separated from the group that's still alive. And True. she is with arguably the strongest female character in this uh world with Michonne. okay can i i uh, let me let me i i want to get to that um did you watch do you, do you watch game of thrones at all i've seen half of the first season have you read any of the books or anything like that no i i mean i gotta be honest i don't care about the books that's that's okay that's okay I, I'm, I'm a huge reader so I, i'm into that and oh i, I love books I, I just don't care about those books I really ended up enjoying them. I thought they were just going to be poppy and whatever, but they, they're actually very well written. It doesn't matter. The point I was going to make is that there, there's a lot of people that love Stannis Baratheon. Yeah. Who is the, the, he's the um, for those of you who don't watch uh, the show or don't you know whatever, you, he's basically the the true king, but he's not really the king because he's he's. Uh, he was not crowned. Joffrey was the was crowned at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't really matter. The point is, the people who read the books are enthralled with Stannis. They love him because of something he does later on. Okay. When the show brought him on, I didn't give a shit about him because I hadn't <laughs> read the books at that point. Yeah. And I'm hearing nothing but people say, "Oh man, this character is amazing. He's strong. He's a he's you know powerful. He's." You know this crazy uh, personality conflicted, AK or whatever, whatever, whatever. Seven episodes into this last season, and there's only ten episodes in the season. Still didn't give one shit about him yep. because all he was they, they brought him on screen for very short amounts of time. He would do something kind of cool and then be off screen. Whereas we had you know characters like Jon Snow or like you know uh, Ned Stark in the first season, and then you know. Well, I mean all the Starks if you want to get into that. Sure, yeah, let's, we we could say that. You know, who we, we've been so carefully built up that we understand their personalities. We kind of understand their motivations, their, you know, their decisions. We get nothing from Stannis Baratheon. I fear, bringing this background full circle, that's what I do, baby. I fear that with, and I don't even remember the character's name, the, the chick, but I, I can see that happening here. I can see that possibly happening. I don't necessarily know that it's going to happen for sure, but... Right now, from what we've seen, in two t- the two times we've seen her, we've seen her walking around like a badass. Yep. She's not, you know, cutting zombies' heads off. She's got those crazy uh, boyfriends of hers that are walking around with her. Yep. She's had, like, two lines. Yes. I don't know why I should care about her yet, other than the fact she seems cool. Okay. As, so, I haven't read the comics, but I do know plot points. Sure. Some stuff happens. Okay. That, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, going back to Andrea, though, specifically, is that I was really interested to see at the beginning of two and the end of one-ish around there, how she okay. went from this fragile little creature that just wanted it all to be done to she's actually starting to develop into a strong survivalist because she's she's still surviving. Like, at the end... Or, in the little part that she's in in the first episode of season three, 
she tells Michonne to just leave and she's going to be a burden and all that thing. And then she just kind of reaches out and says, if uh, I stay here, I'm going to die. Right. Like, so like, it's just weird seeing this character shift from someone who was so apathetic about life and her own life to actually reaching out and asking for help. Okay. So like I see her character starting to grow a little bit. So I'm intrigued by her, but more importantly, I'm finally intrigued by Carl. <laughs> I'm not. No. No. Uh, to, he he still annoys me a little bit. I mean, he's not as bad as he was last season. He was the worst last season. I mean, everybody's seen the. He was the, never in, in the, the damn attention. house. Yeah, everybody's seen the memes about. He was it. in the house, not Carl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody. They're actually pretty funny memes, but they are. His character is just annoying last season. It's not quite as annoying because they're giving him things to do. I just still don't see, again, why I should care about him, other than the fact he's Rick's son. He's turned himself into, especially with that moment at the end of last season where he got, um, who did he get killed? I forget. Um, I forget his name, the old dude that lost his wife. Uh, right, right. I just got, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking I can't Dale. remember his name now. Dale's Dale. his name. Yeah. He, got, he got Dale killed. Yes. And that, I guess, was the turning point of his character, which is fine. Yeah. But it's, you know... Everything he did was annoying. Every time he would leave the house, it would get it would get everybody screwed up, and it's like I, I just I guess I started to hate his character a little bit because of that stuff, and because he was just kind of a whiner. And I guess the another part of this is just the fact that I don't like kids mm. uh, in in real life. I, I I'm not a kids guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I see his character and what and his actions, and I just look at it and I'm like, ugh, it's so. Uh, so selfish, so you know, childish, and all that. Right. Okay. Now he's carrying a gun. Now he's shooting things. Uh, that's great. At least he's gonna, you know, not a complete waste. But yeah, I mean, now they're they're doing like weird things where he's trying to date a twenty year old, and yeah. I, I feel really uncomfortable the fact that he's trying to hit on that girl and she seems kind of hot to me. And I'm like, okay, are, are they trying to make her out to be sixteen? Because uh, it didn't seem like it before. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, how old is she really here? And now we've got a 11 year old hitting on her. So uh, that's weird. I think more I than know. anything, uh, Carl in season two, actually, I completely agree. He reminds me of everything I don't like about kids. Yep. And it's this whole like, it's interesting, though, because that whole season until the last couple episodes, it was he was really the embodiment of the impetuous of youth in this terrible apocalyptic world. Yeah. Whereas now, like, we see him that he's been forced to grow up with uh, Rick as his no longer really dad so much as a mentor. Sure. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that because I think the story arc is really interesting to see a child having to, like, learn to, like, go from everything's okay, you can go play out on the trees and stuff to, like, no, you will get fucking killed or you will kill somebody you have to be responsible and you have to do this and you have to be able to like kill your father if he turns so like okay. i'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with him specifically just because seeing where he came from i'm really intrigued of where he's going yeah I, I, i'm see i'm torn i'm the kind of guy who I, I i need a lot of not necessarily action but actions does that make sense okay so on the one hand, I think that it, would, it might be interesting to see how they develop the character, like whether he takes a turn for the, you know, oh, you know, I'm sad. All I to, uh, all I have to do is, uh, you know, I have to follow the group and blah blah blah. I don't want them to 
really get into the character arc that much, though, because I think that that was part of what I didn't like about season two Mm -hmm. was when we were, especially with the women. Yeah. um, All those scenes with the women where it was like, oh, you know, this is we're all upset because all we get to do is uh, dishes while the men go and do the important things. It's like I I didn't feel that that was really something that I needed to see. I, I don't know. And I, so that that you know the whole emotion behind it all, the whole character development in that perspective, I didn't really, I wasn't really into. But um, see, I think that for for this to go through and for him to be a character that I care about, you're going to need to do some character development scenes that I typically don't like. Right. That being said, I, I think that he. Like you said, there's some potential for, you know, just from a human perspective, that if he grows up and realizes that the the this necessity to really help other people out rather than being so selfish, the whole, uh, you know, stages of development you're getting out of the uh, the stage of development where you're just totally selfish and getting into the more, you know, if you have to grow up quickly that you have to bypass that stage of development completely, that could be an interesting thing to explore. I'm just worried that if they spend too much time on it, they're going to get us, get me away from the things that I really enjoy about the show, which is the fact that, you know, the forced decisions based on the, you know, terrible situation, right. which I think that's where, that's where zombie literature, that's where zombie culture really thrives. Absolutely. That you're giving, you're making people make decisions and video games actually showing the consequences. Exactly. Video games are game really games. good for that. That's why the the Walking Dead game works because a lot of the times you have to make a quick decision you can't take back, yeah. and then you have to live with the consequences, which I think is part of the strength of this genre of the apocalyptic genre. So I, that's where I, I feel like when I enjoy the show, when it's doing the right thing, when it's you know when it's really touching me. Whoa, that's a little weird. Uh, I still like <laughs> that one, but um, when the show is really uh, reaching me, I guess is the better way to say it is when we are seeing quick reactions that have to be made and the consequences thereof. Not necessarily the, oh, well, Carl is now upset because he's not getting to grow up as a kid. I mean, I, I care about that, but I don't. I don't know. Right, Our whereas, days- like, you want more of the, like, he just watched this guy, this old guy, that, like, he was irresponsible. He just watched this guy he was kind of friends with get torn apart in front of his eyes. Because he wanted to play with the fucking zombie. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you just want more sort of those things and not so much yeah. the lead-up to I, it. I think they can do it, too. I think they can they can develop the character without over, you know, beating us over the head with it. I think that's probably what I was saying, what I didn't like about the last season is that they beat us over the head with a lot of that stuff. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, you can make it a couple of, uh, you know, just like a couple sentences where the kid's like, well, you know, I have to take another watch because you know, my actions caused X person to die. You know, I, this it doesn't matter that I'm, you know, it's something like that. You don't have to make it a whole uh, episode arc where he, he storms off into the, the desert, or not the desert, I don't, clearly not in a desert, but um, storms off into the field and runs away because he's being a bitch. You know, it's like, I, I don't need those types of things. I, I just need, you know, quick things that are showing you how he's developing and mm-hmm. then get back to the actions that are, you know, the decisions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That kind of brings me to um, Lauren Cohan's character, Maggie, mm-hmm. a bit. I'm really impressed with uh, what they're doing with her. Like, she's never been... She's always been kind of the farm girl, even in season two. Yeah. But, but like, she never really wanted to get her hands dirty. And in this, she's up with the boys doing a lot of damage herself. Can I interrupt you for just a second? Yeah. Do you think she's hot? Yeah. Like, in this episode, for sure. Okay. I yeah, didn't. Th- I, I didn't think so in season two, or at least I don't remember that being an outstanding point in my mind. I remember she seemed like she had a big jaw. 
Yeah, always. And, like, maybe she still does. I think... <laughs> I'm sure she still does. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, um, yeah. specifically with the first episode of season three, though, a big part of the attractiveness of her comes from I get to see her, like, take this change more where she's actually up front with the guys doing stuff. Because I've never been one to, like... I don't like the damsel in distress, and I don't like the oh, whiny bitch. The worst. Yeah, exactly. So to see that, like, her character is... Actually, to be fair, every single character now is doing a lot more than they were before, except for Lori. And oh, she's the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, The I would completely agree with that, actually. And uh, I, I didn't mean to completely uh, railroad your point there, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I like about it. And this is why she differs from Andrea. And I'm glad that you actually said Andrea earlier because I didn't remember what her character's name was either. Apparently I'm terrible with character names. But um, the reason why I hated Andrea and I loved uh, Maggie in that first episode was that Andrea, every time she was doing something, she wanted everyone to know that, hey, look, I'm carrying a gun. I'm sitting watch. Yes. I have, you know, I am the chick, the, the badass chick with the gun. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're looking at her, you're like, bitch, you're doing the same thing everyone else is doing. It's not that impressive. Maggie didn't jump out at me as somebody who's like, oh, look at me, look at me. She just got in there and fucking did it. Yeah. Which that, I, I, that was a little hot. You know, I mean, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that she didn't need, you know, the, the, validation of everybody to, to get involved she just realized hey look i'm an able-bodied person i can do this let's get this shit done yeah which that I, I did like that a lot yeah for sure and i'm a big uh fan like i've been looking a lot into lately well not so much recently but like in the last year or so i've been paying more attention to um gender roles specifically in media sure. and like uh gender stereotypes and stuff and like the archetypes of females that are their characters are usually put into and it's nice to see more stuff is really breaking out of that and as soon as i watch more game of thrones we'll revisit this conversation because i already have thoughts about some of the female characters in that i would love it if if you watch that show because or, or, or read the books but definitely watch the show because i know that a lot of more people uh, watch the show than read the books considering they're like seven thousand pages yeah. but there is an a gold mine of conversations about that sort of thing so yeah i'm we'll really interested because i'm only four episodes in and i can already see about three female characters that i'm already more intrigued by than any of the male characters it is there are some fascinating characters uh Arya stark i mean well we could have a an amazing conversation about that so yeah definitely get involved with that we'll have some good episodes here in the future if you do that yeah for sure um but uh back to yeah let's get let's let's roll it back here to the walking dead what, what do you mean exactly in terms of these characters are you just talking about maggie specifically or do you, do you have any other i'm actually talking about all of them um like even carol to some degree uh not oh not God. so much because she doesn't do a whole lot but she was very um what's the word i'm looking for I'm just going to be PC and say annoying in the first <laughs> one because, like, I can understand it's the whole, like, mother's, mother's plight or whatever. She's, She's looking submissive. Absolutely. And in this one, like, the little converse, there's one spot where she's talking to Daryl and she's kind of, like, playfully flirting with him. And I, that builds I'm her character. I'm entirely different take on that one. Go, okay. go ahead, sorry. That little conversation builds her character in my mind so much, seeing that she's gone from, like, this person that is just kind of moping about her daughter or whatever and just doing whatever the group says and she's starting to really take 
action with what she's wants. Like she could see like, oh yeah, I want to fuck this guy. Kind sure. Of. So, but like more well, than I'll... anything, she opens up. Daryl, man, this is my boy. I love Daryl. <laughs> he's great, and apparently he's one of the characters that doesn't actually exist in the story. So that's, yeah. they've done a great job in creating him. I okay. think they needed to though. Yeah, they did. I mean, he's a great character. He's yeah. absolutely great. Um, so here's the thing. Maybe this is me projecting my uh, Dr. Drew-esque uh, thought process on her, but I feel like this is just another act of submission for her, that she, she's going to try it. You know, she, her husband's dead, Yeah. and it, he was killed by the other people. She didn't really like that. She yeah. didn't love it, or you know, she didn't love him, but when it first happened, she wasn't thrilled by it. You know, well, she, she was pissed off about it. It's uh, the whole like, Stockholm Syndrome uh, cycle of abuse thing Absolutely. with it. Yeah, and, and I think that that's that was that was clearly her being, or, you know, them portraying her as weak. Yeah, I feel like from the like I said the the psychoanalysis Doctor Drew aspect of this whole thing, she's just latching onto Daryl because she's she's a strong guy and she needs that strong guy to be you know a, just a subservient woman. And the thing is, I as somebody who I actually am very interested in gender roles as well. Yeah. Um, I want her to survive and be that kind of um, you know like you said. Getting her, getting hers, yeah. and being strong and being a good character without having to resort to, you know, I need to find another clingy guy. And granted, they didn't necessarily do that with it in this in this episode. I just see it coming. Yeah. Okay. And it frustrates me to see that. Like, I, I don't understand why people, and this is a, a, probably a personal problem. I, I don't see why people identify them their success and their their lives based on their relationships. Mm-hmm. It really frustrates me to see that. And I have been guilty of this in the past. I think we all have. Yep. But I, it frustrates me, especially when uh, we use it as a gender role for women. Um, yes. Who, who thought we'd be talking about this, by the way? Um, <laughs> but it really frustrates me to see that you know a lot of these people self-identify their worth based on their relationships. And the fact is that I think we can do a lot more different things with Carol. And they haven't explored any of these things yet, necessarily. But I think we can do different things with Carol without making her – you know. I need to have a boyfriend, I need to have a husband, I need to have a kid, and then that's my role. Right. I, I just don't I, – I see that going down that path again, and maybe that's just me, like I said, projecting my knowledge of whatever psychology or whatever, the, my armchair psychology. Yeah. But it's just – I see where it's going, I think, and I don't like it. That could also just be a side effect of all the cynicism towards women and relationships specifically in this sort of media, though. That's true because the thing is, I mean, have you how many strong female characters have you seen in a zombie uh, story? You know what I mean? They're like always in the past. Um, yeah. Uh, Barbara in Night of the Living Dead. Okay. That's really it, and even yeah. then, like I wouldn't say she was strong so much as she had the urge to survive more than a lot of the other characters. I, I wouldn't. Look- I wouldn't say she was like personality strong or anything. Sure, no, that makes sense. I look at characters in uh, one of my favorite zombie novels is *A Day by Day Armageddon*. Mm-hmm. There's really no f- strong female characters in that. Now, granted, a lot of that is due to the uh, the limitations of the narrator. I yep. mean, you've got a first-person narration there. That's that's going to be hard to really truly identify with characters. But all females are in that whole story is just a, an excuse to ha- have the character sort of reach out in a relationship they're not there's no you know real strength in it she's okay but she's nothing special there's no you know 
crazy development going on there. It's just she is what she is, and that's just how the story goes. You know what I mean? It's it's just there because they needed a female character. Just and jumping I, onto a quick tangent, quickly. Sure. Um, well, kind of. It deals with female like characters in zombie situations. Sure. The video game Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh God. What are your opinions on that? Um, I heard it's a terrible game. I mean. Well, okay, I love it, but uh, really? that's fine. Yeah, uh, no. the gameplay wise is what I was saying. You, you like the gameplay? Yeah, I like those type of games. So I like the hack and slash type things, like sure. Devil May sure. Cry and stuff. So by all means, no. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is ignorance. I, I, this is the reviews that I've seen. That's all. But um, I I guess I'm talking more specifically about a cheerleader in like scantily clad, um, like attire or whatever. I'm kind of, I'm going to come off as being uh you know overly feminist with this which is kind of strange for a guy to be feminist but I think it's exploitative. I mean I I think the only reason why they're doing it is just because you know that they, they see zombies a b somebody scantily clad and then c you know uh, just the uh, average gameplay that uh, plays off the fact that she's in a fucking bikini and Okay. They expect that you know guys are just gonna uh, flock to it because they're like, oh yeah, bro, I'm playing this game where there's a chick and she's in a bikini and zombies. Rah, 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 rah. Right. So I think it, I think it sort of plays into our culture's bro dog mentality. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take the opposite stance, and what okay. I see is um, a strong woman empowered by her, like she's comfortable with her own sexuality and body. Um, she's kind of silly and stuff. She never really brings... Like, there's some innuendo in the game, but she never really specifically brings it up. So, like, she has a s- decent head on her shoulders with, like, the whole topic of sex and, like, sexuality. Sure. But what I see is a woman walking into a school and then the zombies kind of represent, like, normal high school boys. Everyone's trying <laughs> to grab her and have their way with her. And okay. she's powerful enough to bring out a chainsaw and cut everyone's head off like she can push them away she can kick the shit out of them okay yeah so i'm taking that approach where it's more of a commentary on like all the zombies and monsters and stuff are all just like if you looked at it in a high school sense of like normal guys they're all just like trying to get one thing from her and she's kind of denying all of them while still being like secure enough with herself I will say that I can't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, and I will also say that you might be reaching a little bit, <laughs> but that's just uh, it's completely my opinion. I mean, you might be right. I think it it more was along the lines of uh, you know the developer thought that they could get some hits off of that sort of uh, crazy. Um, I can't think of the term, but uh, the the fact that it's it's not something you'd see every day. Well, I mean, if you want to go based on just the pedigree of Grasshopper Studios and specifically Suda51, I think the conversation went like, how about zombies and a girl that's a cheerleader? Done. Yeah, that's they, what I'm saying. They that, just, exactly. just kind of do. They are exploitative. I mean, Shadows of the Damned was an exploitation of every horror, B-rated horror film that they've ever yeah. saw. And, so, and that's, like I said, that that's where my opinion is coming from. Is right. The fact that, and not necessarily with any knowledge of the studio, more of a knowledge of the gaming industry as a whole. Yeah. Uh, at some other point, we will talk about the gaming industry as a whole because I think it's a disgusting industry when oh, you get the into the nitty gritty a bit. The nitty gritty. Like, and I think the sexual politics that go in on there not only make women look bad, they actually make men look worse. Well, it's a, it's kind of a self-defeating cy- uh, cycle here because you're looking at it where they're going to make it more attractive for men 
and then in that in that you know the the reason for that is the fact that women don't buy games they say anyway mm-hmm. I mean, and granted you know i'll show you the the adsense on my channel uh gives me analytics or whatever and our viewerships i think 80 percent guys so they're i don't think they're necessarily wrong but yeah. the thing is you you have games that appeal to men so women don't buy them so they make games that appeal to men so you know it, it's it's a bad cycle there because you you're never going to really appeal to women <laughs> if yeah. you are creating a culture where you know if from their perspective even, even if you could take a different take on lollipop ch- uh, chainsaw um games like that exist yeah and women see that and think oh what what, the, what kind of fucking joke shit is this you know i guess and what i'm saying more so than anything though is that like even though women might be disgusted with how women are portrayed I sure. think men should be disgusted at what they think we want in a video game. Like, if I you, think that if you look right. into it that way, it's just like, you just know people at EA are just like, okay, so how big of tits can we put in there where we'll get Absolutely. some of the female market, but we'll get all of the guys because every guy is a drooling fucking idiot. I am almost 100% um, posit- positive that they have focus grouped that number. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you know, that's that, why that I think... Size, I guess. And I actually started a feature that I haven't been able to get back to on Pixel Response called Breaking Balls. Okay. Which focuses on why men should be as outraged about gender politics even more so than women. Because all of the gender politics that deal with women specifically reflect on what society thinks of men. Absolutely. But here's the thing. You and I think these things. Yes. I don't think the vast majority of people do. Absolutely not. I mean, you look at the the random idiot that calls me the N word for posting a video that they don't understand, and I can tell you that that is more representative of the gaming community than the people who actually understand anything that that their eyes don't glass don't glass over when they hear the words gender politics. Right. So, and that's a sad commentary on I think the state of you know the world really. I think that be, people don't get into these issues like they should. And to be completely honest, like. Uh, I mean, of course, when I see a certain type of woman, I will, like, look at them. And, well, like... like I, I, it, I mean, Paul, there, we have talks about these things. Uh, your parents should have talked to you first, but <laughs> I'm willing to go through these uh, these what, topics. Did you, do you get a feeling in your pants when you look at these types of women? <laughs> what? I, Don't answer that question. <laughs> no. Things are getting way too weird. <laughs> Paul, we can talk about this. We can talk. <laughs> uh, no, I guess what I'm saying, like, is that it's totally okay for sexuality to be overabundant and for people to be into it. Sure. I think people need to understand more specific things so they can make correct judgment calls, though. With uh, and, uh, that's, I, I would say that's fair. I also would say that Jesus, we can relate. We can go all night on this issue. The thing is, if you really want to get down to the needy greedy, as we were saying before, look at what happened last night. Did you watch the presidential debate? I don't want to get too political here, but there's an there's a connection that we can make. Did um, you watch the debate at all? Okay, so this is where the Canadian comes out in me. I, I know, know I America know, is everything. So <laughs> I know the things that happen in your country directly affect the rest of the world just due to the influence that America has in like the global economy. Sure. But I don't give a shit about anything you guys do politically. That's fair. And I think that's actually how it pretty much should be. Here's what happened last night and this is something that is going to be a topic now 
because of the way it went down. Mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, who I, I mean, I'm not going to really get into my politics. Uh, I, I've worked in politics, so I, I kind of have a different view on things than a lot of people. I sort of take a hands-off approach just because I know that it's it's all manipulative game. Absolutely. The Nobody debate, wins it either. No, never. Well, yes, they do. The, the corporations win it, but that's just a whole No, I mean, thing. we don't win it. <laughs> real no, like real people don't. Oh, no, wait, Mitt Romney said that corporations are people. We are, I am I'm not apparently that makes me not a person I don't know or but, are uh, we corporations yeah something like that I don't know uh, actually, existentialism uh, on pixel uh, response uh, interesting <laughs> wow. I think I would, whoa man blew my mind <laughs> no but um there there was a a question that one basically they did a town hall debate mm-hmm. one of the the ladies who asked a question about women's uh, equal pay mm-hmm and I don't know if you know this about American, you know, law or American politics. There's no law preventing um, employers from basically discriminating against women on their salaries. Absolutely, yeah, I know. So that. there was a weird. Uh, there's a question about what are you going to do about? Uh, it was actually asked to Obama. Uh, what, what are you going to do about uh, the inequality in pay? Yeah, for women. And he answered. Something about uh, God. I ha- uh, it's hard not to get too political geeky. Did he say the words "middle class" uh, a, a billion times? That's yeah, why we're okay. all today. But um, no, the, he pointed out correctly that he helped sign into law the Lily Ledbetter Act, which is basically letting people sue for um, for equal for pay. Basically, if they they know that the same job is being done by a man uh, that you know is getting different or the uh, higher pay, she's allowed to sue no matter when she comes or when she figures it out. Which is, it was a very good law, but it's not you know nearly far enough. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The uh, the end of the day, though, you know he he's going on about the Lilith Better Act about what he's going to do to help it equal pay. pay. It's mostly just hollow platitudes. But they get to Romney, and his response is, "I'm going to make it. You know, I'm going to make it so that we grow the economy, so that women are able to get jobs." And good jobs, so that they will, uh, so that the employers will let the women go home early to take care of their kids. He didn't actually say those words. Uh, I could look up the quote. It's I'm there's no, there's no way. Like I know, dodged the question completely. I know Bush but, was that stupid. He he dodged the question. Yeah, he didn't want to answer about it because the the little secret that he doesn't want to tell you is he's actually against it. Yeah. Um. He he didn't support it, and now. Oh no he's, no he's, he's against. Said, He's against it because he wants to be right now. Give it a week. Yeah, well, that, there's that discussion <laughs> too. But he, he's actually against the Lilly Ledbetter Act. He's actually against, uh, you know, the equal pay um, uh, types of amendments. He thinks he wants to take. I mean, if you want to, you don't want to demonize the guy. You can say the fact that he wants to take a hands-off approach to regulation in the economy. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't actually. Uh, spoiler alert for people who don't know anything about American politics. The president has no role in that anyway. So yeah. whatever. Exactly. I don't even know why we're discussing it in terms of those issues with presidential candidates, but you know that's cool. Whatever, doesn't matter. But he he actually went to the he went there. <laughs> he he said his whole answer was that you know we want to make sure that women can go home to their their kids uh, early. So and we have to grow the economy for that to happen. It's like okay, great. Then it gets better though. Okay. We asked a question about gun control. Great. He okay. Comes in, it, it, he comes in and somehow. Because he doesn't want to, again, it, it, these sorts of things these, that he lets them slip because of the fact that he wants to avoid a question. Yes. And we wonder why there's a gender gap. But 
the he uh, he basically goes in, into onto this whole rant about how it needs the the family structure in America is why there's a lot of gun violence. Therefore, we need to change the culture of single parenting. Okay. Parent homes are the reason why uh, we're getting people killed, or you know, wh- why people are going on spree murders and stuff like that. He literally compared single being a single mother, uh, having a single parent to any kind of a reason why there's spree killings. <laughs> I mean, these... I, I just love the idea that the president could somehow fix that. Yeah, well, yeah, he's going to change the culture. Um, okay, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Whatever. But I mean, this is a this is off topic sort of to but i'm gonna get it back get back to that he's catching a lot of shit about gender politics today yeah he's had to answer a lot of questions in fact i was talking to my mom i i delayed the podcast for an hour because i had to go over to my parents house i was talking to my mom she got robocalled by romney today uh, which, <laughs> because she's voted for democrats for like 50 years so i mean whatever she's never going to vote for them but yeah where this got robocalled or whatever it doesn't matter but it was all about women's issues mm-hmm. from romney yeah because he's, he's doing just, damage control. Doing damage control. Yeah. But the thing is, there's a lot of people out there. He's not just saying... These things are focus group things he's saying. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are ridiculously misogynist when it comes to gender roles. And this is why these things end up working. This is why in video games you don't have very str- uh, strong female characters very often. This is why in television, strong female characters, they're often com- just called bitches. They're often just you know completely disregarded. And now I... I'm sure that uh, you can agree, argue that early on in this conversation, I fell into that role because I, I was saying that I dislike uh, Andrew's character. But I think that necessarily I, I, I'm going to defend myself a little bit here. I think she's a terribly written character. And I think they spent more. The, the, I would have probably liked her a little bit more if they didn't spend so much time making her storm off and then shoot characters I liked. Well, more but, on to that note then, like, I think what I think um, the onus really has to follow on the people creating these characters. Like, for them to not look like a bitch, like chicken type of thing. When people make a strong female character, they make her a bitch because it's the easy way out without any character development. And that's the wrong way to go. So like really the problem starts with the people creating the characters in the first place. They're not creating them in a capacity where people can feel comfortable with a female character that's stronger than they are in real life. And like, like, a female character does not have to be just a total bitch. No, it's true. But I'm wondering if that's just because it's playing to societal norms where people recognize a strong character by how they act and talk more so than the actions they perform. That's a whole different conversation we could get into, I guess. I might too. be a misogynist now that I'm thinking about this. While you're going on that, uh, and uh, this is really part of my ADD. Blame it on my ADD, baby. <laughs> I was just thinking. I don't. I can't think of a single female character in the last maybe ten years that I've really liked on screen. Okay. This is really kind of sad, but I'm looking at my uh, DVD sets that are kind of sitting next to me in my room here. Uh, I see Sons of Anarchy. I don't really like uh, Maggie Siff's character. I don't really like Gemma. Uh, I, I really hate a lot of the tertiary female characters. Um, now, does that cross over to movie roles as well? Here's what I was thinking. The Departed, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I hated every female character on that show, or okay. on that movie, too. I thought that the chick, uh, the, the psychiatrist chick was annoying. I thought okay. that she didn't really have any kind of a 
she didn't really first of all she was dumb like she didn't kind of get any of the jokes that either what character was telling her she yeah. sort of ended up being overly needy and overly you know dependent on everybody right I, and i thought about another one of um, another movie i loved would be inception uh, that was one of my uh, favorite movies of that year and in general mm-hmm. i didn't really i mean the only character i could really argue that i ha- cared about at all would be um ellen page's character mm-hmm. and uh you know, it. I hated Maul. That was the chick was the worst. Yeah, she was. So, I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm like, to be I completely fair, though, Maul chick. was more than anything just kind of like the tormented mind of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, more so than anything. Yeah, but I didn't feel any sympathy for it at all. I don't know. I and I, like I said, maybe that's just my you know late misogyny. But I, I didn't feel any sympathy for her. See, I was and, sympathetic for her because she was brought into something she wasn't ready to deal with, and it ruined her, like the actual character. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah and I'm not the reflection, but the actual character. Yeah. I. I mean, I can see it, and I, I I see how maybe I should feel that way. I just don't. Okay, so I'm looking at my uh my DVD set here or sets here and stuff like that. Fight Club. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really like the chick that much she's marla. okay i guess marla marla's okay i guess but not really great she ended up just being neat at the end of the movie too she started out as a nihilist and didn't and ended up as just you know just as needy as anybody else actually um, you know what has really good female characters are you into firefly or serenity you know i've heard that and i have not gotten into it okay because kaylee sanders i think is her name no kaylee sanders is totally mass effect kaylee something <laughs> kaylee fry played by jewel state is one of the best female characters I've seen because she's an engineer chick. She fixes the ship up all the time. She's smart and she isn't afraid to like, like get into like her own sexuality and stuff, but she does it in a way that isn't slutty. Like she is a really well-written character. I have heard that. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's keep looking on my thing here. Okay. I watched alias. I was a big fan of alias. I did like Cindy Burst though. So there we go. I never saw Alias, but if you, you can know, find it, something, I'm happy for you. It's, yeah, thanks. Because <laughs> I was really starting to bug me there. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not somebody who would consider himself offhand a misogynist, but I, I, I'm having trouble. Uh, Matrix trilogy, I hate Trinity, which is the worst. Yeah, but then uh, see, if you get into like stuff that's even made for women in movies, like movies are a completely different thing than video games because chick flicks, the ca- the female characters in those are not strong either. That's true. So, like, it's kind of weird, the whole dichotomy you get when you look at the different mediums. Okay, was there a worse chick in a movie, in a, a, a superhero movie, by the way, than uh, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal in Batman? Oh, the worst. <laughs> like, specifically <laughs> specifically when Maggie Gyllenhaal was playing, like, as Katie Holmes, she was a little better. She was but, okay, but, I mean, I didn't really care about her still. But, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal when she took the reins in that movie, that character turned into the most needy. She, yeah. she was the damsel in distress in that movie. Pretty much. And completely useless. Um, I'll say that in, um, have you seen Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Okay, good. I just didn't want to spoil it completely. Um, well, I'm not going to spoil it actually. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just, I might just be tired. Um, I, I didn't mind Anne Hathaway. I think she was okay. I didn't either. Actually, Selena Kyle as the Catwoman in the Batman series has always been one of my favorites in terms of gender politics because they yeah. do some really interesting stuff with her. She's all right. She is basically the female Batman in those comics and stuff. So that's fair. Okay, now I, I do see a one. Uh, 
okay, there we go. I, I got one. I, I'm feeling good now. Right. Uh, I have Body of Lies over there with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. I still haven't. I haven't seen that yet. It's pretty good. Um, it's it's not something you would think would be amazing. I actually heard an interview with the person who wrote the book, and that kind of got me onto the movie. And I watched it, and I, I'm also in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. So go figure that one out. But uh, the, there's a um, you know what? This is going to be that. This would be an interesting conversation too. When you get into foreign uh, women, yeah, you know what? I was actually just about to bring that up because I was looking at the movie Old Boy, and mm-hmm. specifically in um, cultures where women are more subservient than anything else, they get portrayed really badly. Really, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of Asian stuff like they get treated like they either get treated like the sexy schoolgirl type like yeah. character love interest thing or they just get slaughtered because it's fun to watch a pretty girl get bloody okay see i i didn't necessarily mean foreign movies but movies like maybe in uh domestic movies where foreign women are portrayed because the, okay. the uh, in body of lies there's a woman from uh i believe it was iran okay i think she's iranian i'm not entirely sure there but she might she might be saudi but she she's in Jordan. I mean, this is so convoluted. But um, she she she's in Jordan, and she's a very actually a very strong character that I ended up liking. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a love interest for Leo, but uh, she wasn't defined by the fact she was a love interest. So I, okay, I, I'm feeling better now. This this is a conversation <laughs> I think we should get in with Nathan because I know he has a vast crazier knowledge of uh different types of films like I. Okay. Where my knowledge of films kind of ends is I'm into a lot of stuff that a lot of people will see and horror. Okay. Like you could okay. ask me stuff about horror, I'm in there. Or like stuff that a lot of people will see, I'm in there. And maybe some like obscure stuff like cult hits that I like. Um, I do watch some foreign films, but I know he is really into that sort of thing. So yeah, I don't would... have the breadth of knowledge he does either, though. I mean, I, he's he's way better or more knowledgeable about film than I am. I, I'm like you. I, I'm kind of into the pop stuff, and that's about it. And to be uh, not, to just, be completely like, fair about that, too, he did work in a video store where he got as many free rentals as he wanted every week, and he was in a film studies class where every time they went to class, they were just shown a film. <laughs> that's That helps. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely help. Um, yeah, man... I don't know. Like, I feel like I should watch more, but I just I haven't gotten into it yet. Just don't it's have time just, for it. <laughs> no, you just don't. And it, I really I think that I should, but I shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Pretty but yeah, imp- it's it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting discussion because the role of, I mean, this is so way freaking. Who would have thought this topic was going to come up? But the role of women in media is kind of interesting, and I feel like it. it it's the way it's been done recently, just you know, wrapping this whole thing up. The way it's been done in, in you know the my the last five ten years, especially as related to video games and movies and TV, they've made it so that I don't like those characters, and I don't like that in general because I'm kind of a, the kind of guy who will you know, I, I am all about women's rights. You know what I mean? I, I'm the kind of guy who will fight for women's rights. I have in the past, you know that sort of thing. So it's like I don't know why. A guy who nominally is in support of women's rights should hate every woman character out there. It's just kind of weird because there have been movies in the past, like um, the first three Alien movies with Ripley. She was very strong. Absolutely. Um, 
like even Terminator Sarah Connor, even though she, they did kind of turn her into a bitch, but then again, and two, but then again, after all the stuff she saw in one, she kind of lost her mind. She was in a mental hospital. Right. So, like, I guess that makes sense. Like, she was a really strong character as well. So, like, there hasn't always been that kind of, like, plastic Barbie doll mentality where they're there to be seen, not heard, and then killed off. Are you a Hunger Games nerd like I am? I no. actually do like it quite a bit. I don't no. know why. No. Um, the reason for that, I don't know anything about Hunger Games except for the premise, and I have already seen Battle Royale many times. Sure. That's fine. Um, I actually did. I, I thought I was going to hate it wife uh read it and she actually had uh it was on their summer reading list for the the school for some reason um, mm-hmm. don't ask me why that's uh, something that pe- they wanted the kids to read i think they probably assumed the kids were going to read it anyway so they put it on the list yeah but uh she she was talking about it. she she's like oh you know this is a great book blah 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 you know it's not necessarily incredible literature but you should read it so i was like ah you know it's twilight to yada 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 I'm, yeah. i was talking crap about it and she's like no just read it and uh, as the movie was about to come out you know i heard some people that i sort of respected their opinions and said they loved it so i was like all right fine i'll give it a shot the way that they and and this is a, a discussion i'd love to have with you too about the same issue but the first book she is such a strong character and she's a great you know role model for uh young women she's a great you know Strong character, not necessarily held down by any of the gender roles, the typical gender roles in uh, in in books and and in uh, film and or anything like that. But then she is booked to at the end of book two, and then all the way through book three, it falls into the same pitfalls that I that I really hate about the ghost character. So it's kind of an, another interesting case study in modern film. Well, and like you brought up Twilight, and I think that is the, <sighs> the worst. That's the single franchise that has set women's rights and gender politics back about a thousand years well yeah because the chick has nothing uh, her whole you know her whole existence is predicated on who she wants to allow into her pants exactly and like if i i haven't read them and i haven't what like i've read uh cliff notes about what happens and stuff like that so well, the reason I got interested in that is because with the whole gender politics thing, I wanted to read up on Bella because a lot of women hate her character and a lot of uh, women love it. Be honest, what what was her name? Bella. No, no, the the chick that made you watch it. No, no, I've never seen Twilight. <laughs> okay. I just read okay. Cliff Notes and Wiki stuff. All right, all right. Well, the the chick that suggested you watch it the, then. <laughs> and from what I can gather, it's just weird because besides the whole like the whole time she's mopey and stuff because she doesn't have a boyfriend, like she is the neediest person ever, and that story is more about like her identity when she finds a man, and it's really kind of disgusting because those films really appeal to the more uh, or less defined minds of like the younger generation and stuff so it's really kind of interesting to see what's going to happen like what the consequences of such a dangerous piece of literature and pop culture will do in the future but i guess time will tell with that one this is why we should ban books like in a (laughs) in a way i i think what needs to happen more than anything is uh there needs to be a better education system where it's not about learning facts. It's about teaching kids how to take in what's around their world and like filter it according to what they think. I mean, the root of this problem is the same uh, discussion about, you know, should you single mothers? You're right. Give, well, yeah, it's Mitt Romney was right. <laughs> he was right all along. <laughs> Damn it. No, it, uh, it comes back to the whole thing about, do you buy your, you know, two year old daughter, a, uh, 
what an easy bake oven or do you buy or you know what, what kind of toys do you, uh, dolls or machine guns or something you know? it's, it's funny like, you say that because i was it's the same debate i was in a toys r us the other day with my girlfriend looking for whoa a toy okay for her friend's newly born daughter and in the toy section Drug yourself out of the hole that was good <laughs> no it's true um in the toy section, there was these old phones we used to have as kids. They've been around forever. They're white with a red handle and, like, blue little wheels and a face on them. Uh-huh. It's just, like, this old little toy phone. And they made a one that's pink. And I got infuriated because, <laughs> why? for one thing, I hate it when people change a classic just to fit this whole, like, gender sure. stereotype. Yeah. But more than anything, the fact that she actually bought her friend's daughter the pink one i was a little upset with because like it's unnecessary when the normal blue and red one is the exact same thing but then like we got into this whole art not argument but i was saying like if i ever have like a son or something he wants to play with a barbie i will fight other parents and be like yeah he has a barbie what are you gonna do about you fucking loser yeah (laughs) like i will fight for that to happen any I will, I, will, <laughs> I will fight <laughs> all of you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't let the, that kid have a Barbie. <laughs> I will fight you. But then yeah. it also brought in other thoughts in my mind. It actually got me thinking for quite a while. But, like, there's nothing wrong with a little girl liking pink more than blue. So, like, maybe this whole gender thing is really more in my mind than it should be. Like, I don't know. It was a whole crisis I was having. No, I, I actually think I, I'm not necessarily... Uh, off board with that because i think that the uh, getting back to the twilight thing we're creating uh, a culture where you you have you know not andreas but Lori's running around because of the fact that they were they grew up realizing that there's books talking about their people's self-worth being in the relationships yeah so uh, i mean i think you're you're creating a culture where you're giving women a, a raw deal a little bit you're you're creating something where you know, they're looking at it like, oh, okay, well, you know, I have to find my, what are the two characters? Damn it, is it Jacob and, oh, who's the other one? Wait, I know that. What are we talking about? Twilight. Twilight. Oh, um, Team Jacob and Team Edward. Edward, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, oh, I have to find my Jacob or I have to find my Edward. Yeah. And this is this is what's, you know, this is the end, it's the end of the world if I don't have a boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, guys, you know, they don't, we are, we are the same way in a certain respect in that we you know as you know we're losers if we don't have a girlfriend in high school or something like that but when we're growing up you know you don't have that whole thing until much later you know with the girls that are starting to read these books are what 12 13 Mm -hmm. you know maybe 16 17 if you don't have a girlfriend you're kind of screwed but they're already yearning for some guy to to take them away to uh, you know build them a uh, palace or something like that yeah and their entire you know, purpose at that point is to freaking find a guy. I mean, come on, what is, what is that crap? Well, I think it might even go back all the way to like back when before like technology and all this modern like stuff and women being like physically smaller and weaker generally sure would have to latch onto a man for survival. And then and the other way, like how kids would make fun of you if you didn't have a girlfriend, that's the whole instinctual thing where it's like, well, if a man is not able to procreate. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that we, we that, that's not really how society is anymore. We don't need to 
uh, gather our food. We don't need to be, uh, you know, hunters. We don't, we're just in a modern society. Women can work just as well as men. Yeah. You know, they can do X, Y, or Z the same as men can. So why are we continuing to perpetuate those stereotypes? If you want to trace it back to anything, it's, (laughs) it's probably education system because when people don't have the free thinking or like forward or like a good knowledge of stuff around them, they revert back to instinctual needs. Wow. This is a very interesting uh, turn that this podcast has taken. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're still recording. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. But, yeah, wrapping it up. Um, Walking Dead. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I I want to say one more thing about Walking Dead. Okay, do it. Well, not specifically about Walking Dead, but you seem to be into zombie films as well, or zombie media in general. Yeah. Uh, When did it become canon that zombies when you shoot them in the head die because if you look at stuff like return of the living dead i'm really intrigued by the zombies that no matter what you do they're still coming after you like in that film even if you cut the body parts apart like their body parts will still like quiver and shake and try to get you well i think that that's just the the zombie can i think you in any kind of a um a different zombie story you have different zombie rules yes so walkers or, or crawlers or whatever you know walkers or runners or uh how that is everybody infected or just, is it just the people who have the you know are currently zombies there's a lot of different decisions that you have to make when you create your zombie universe yeah. so i i think that, that i don't think there's any kind of a set thing the the whole headshots thing i think has spewed out of uh, a number of recent movies including Zombieland, which for whatever i mean this is going to infuriate people who are really zombie purists but that shitty movie really is has made zombie culture in our in america anyway uh, more mainstream and therefore those rules that they used in that one have become something more of you know these this is the zombie canon that we generally accept they're walkers usually Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and I think that's part of the part of that is just that it frightens people less that the, there were walkers. Whereas, you know, in 28 days later, they're sprinting at people. That's, I mean, you you look at it and you're like, okay, well, I got no shot. So I think that actually, you know, I just I think I just stumbled upon something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit less intimidating when you when you can kill them. You know, right. people. The reason why zombie uh, literature, why zombie, you know, film is kind of popular in this country, in my country, uh, you're you're communist country over there i don't know exactly how popular it is i assume it's about the same since you're america jr you're yeah. america hat. yeah but uh, <laughs> well we're america version 2.0 the hat like i said yeah. <laughs> it's just like the the reddit meme the uh the, you're the scumbag hat so, scumbag hat <laughs> scumbag steve our, our uh neighbor to the north no but um I think that people in America love zombie uh literature and that sort of stuff because we want to think that we can live through it so right. we think that we can stockpile, we think we can shoot, and nobody can. Um, nobody can stockpile, nobody can shoot, nobody can survive. Anyway, that's not that's not neither here nor there, but I think that if there's no way to kill them, you know, they just keep coming at you, mm-hmm. then that's too scary. We, we don't get that. We don't buy that. Oh, see, kinda, see that's what I crave because even when it comes to, like, the slasher flicks, that's what I like about Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and uh, – like Jason Voorhees and stuff, they're just kind of the impending force that you can never stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely can see the appeal of that as well. Um, here's what I want to know, mm-hmm. just from uh, 
you know, a scientific perspective or from the perspective of looking at this realistically, why are we getting zombie literature where these things don't decompose? Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Yeah, Actually, I mean, they're that... fresh zombies, you know? They're all over the place. They're just continually fresh and they stay there. It's like, really? I mean, these things are already decaying. Well, How that, are they not that topic is actually brought upon, like, George Romero, uh, I mean, arguably the godfather of the sure. modern zombie movement, if you wanted to call it that. Like, in Night of the Living Dead, they were, f- this was just happening, like, everything was fine, and then, like, dead guys just started walking around, so they were fresh. In Dawn of the Dead, the movie that came after... They were a little more decomposed. They were the zombies that you would see normally. And I think it's a lot to do with the special effects he had to work with. Obviously, back in like 78 or whenever the first one came out, it was just guys that looked really pale. Sure, sure. In the second one, they looked like zombies as we know it. But then in Day of the Dead, they were decomposing. They were falling apart, stumbling towards people. So I think it's interesting that he did that. Bringing up uh, Day by Day Armageddon again. Have you read it, by the way? I haven't yet, no absolutely outstanding stuff it's actually written from a military perspective which i'm kind of a, a nerd for that sort of stuff anyway yeah. but um they actually they have a, an explanation for it and of this whole uh, phenomenon they have zombies that are decomposing they get slower they're less you know ferocious they still want brains or whatever uh, i guess just to eat humans but they mm-hmm. they um they decompose mm-hmm. but the cities were because i guess the the whole the thing that, oh man I, that's another thing i i love the part of the zombie stories where they talk about how they got to this point. And oh, they're, they're have you so read much... World War Z? Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's book. It's so good. I, it's, it's a pretty good book. I, I actually like Day by Day Armageddon better, but it's a pretty good book. I liked it a lot. I like that book because it reminds me of a found footage horror film. Exactly. With like just a whole bunch of journal entries from people all around the world at the same time when this outbreak started happening. And it's, it, the, the start of the outbreak is the thing that I find the most interesting. But anyway, he gets into this whole thing with the, um, uh, the, the idea that they would try to nuke the cities. And then it was the radiation from the nukes that prevented the bacteria from growing on them, from the from decomposing and that sort of thing, which is an interesting way to put it. And then they became kind of nuclear super zombies, which is quite scary. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I just don't, I don't know why that, especially in Walking Dead and stuff like that, they haven't addressed the whole fact that these things should be decomposing. I mean, it, it's not like the zombie plague wiped out the flies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like zombie flies, that'd be scary. That would, <laughs> oh man, that would be bad actually. Or yeah. like w- mosquitoes, like spreading it like malaria. Oh, I know. Be brutal, man. Weird. Africa would get hit so bad. Yeah, it would be the end. <laughs> Africa always gets fucked out of these things, don't they? Switching gears a little bit to vampires. Have oh. you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that if you took all the weaknesses that have been in vampire lore and put them into one vampire? They would be weaker than human beings. <laughs> because, like, how can you kill them? Um, their their weaknesses are stake to the heart, uh, silver, sunlight, decapitation, drowning fire, uh, garlic, holy, anything holy, running water. Some of them you can't inv- you, if you don't invite them into the house, they can't come in to get you, and they are OCD. So it's like uh, not only are they uh, the only, <laughs> all you have to do is let them out at during the day, and you're pretty much good to go. I mean, they're ba- they're basically like mentally challenged people that when the sun hits their skin, they die. How did we somehow turn that into sexy, uh, sexy time? That's what I want to know. Vampires are the worst. They're, I don't know. It's weird though because like the idea of them is great, 
because sure. blade man because when you take all those weaknesses and look at them that way it's ridiculous but like usually in the different stories and stuff they'll have one weakness but some yeah. of them don't have any weakness at all like i can't remember what it was i think the week have you seen 30 days of night you know i haven't and i actually wanted to i think oh. their we- their weakness is obviously sun so sure. like it makes sense that this would be this story would be taking place in Alaska where it's completely dark for one month because right, of like right. the way the earth rotates and stuff like that so they get to just feed a whole bunch for 30 days. It's actually really quite cool and in that respect that is great because you get to see vampires that like nothing really kills them except right. the sunlight and there's no sunlight so like you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, I've always I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Josh Hartnett, so he's, dreamy. He's dreamy. Yeah, <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, we should probably end this. So, if people want to reach you, what are you doing? Get all. I out. am on the Awful Gamer HD YouTube channel. Uh, definitely subscribe to us. We put out a lot of stuff. Uh, we we do stuff with Paul. We do stuff with. Um, a couple of other guys that you guys are probably familiar with in the circle. Uh, Nathan's been in a couple of our videos. We, we do a lot of stuff that's just random gaming videos. Uh, and here's the thing. If you're watching our stuff, we're titled The Awful Gamer. Don't go on there and expect that we're going to give you a great guide for anything. Because we don't. We just mm-hmm. screw And in fact, uh, a lot of our videos that we pretend that we're giving you advice, we actually don't. So there's that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I got some stupid comments recently. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But uh, yeah, youtube.com slash theawfulgamerhd, that's uh, that's the bread and butter, that's the money maker. Yeah. And um, uh, twitter.com slash panicknife, P-A-N-1-C-K-N-I-F-E. Um, I don't tweet as much as I should, but I, I try to uh, right now. I, I'm not tweeting very much at all right now because uh, during the days I've been very grumpy because I'm cutting weight for a fight this weekend, which uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be kickboxing. I think I might put the video up there, so if you... Uh, end up following me on twitter you might get to see something interesting which either will be an epic failure or a glorious victory nice <laughs> but yeah twitter.com slash panic knife at twitter.com slash the awful gamer and youtube.com slash the awful gamer hd and pixel dash response.com that's right um i guess i'll plug a few things here um we started a new podcast on pixel response with john aka proton john as most of you people obviously know him we talk about retro games and that we're actually doing a game club thing. So we're going to be suggesting a game that we're going to talk about two weeks from the date we suggest it. So people can write in their comments or questions about the game and we'll just go on from there. Episode one's already up on pixel-response.com slash, I believe it's retro kill screen is the name. So there's that it's brand new. So I'm still working stuff out with that. Uh, we're on episode 48, so episode 50 is going to be something special I'm going to try to plan, but I haven't worked out the logistics, so don't hold me to that. Um, trying to get, going to try to get a whole bunch of people in for a kind of podcast spectacular live with a bunch of people talking and like in a chat room and stuff, so that should be interesting. A uh, friend of the site on Pixel Response is doing a charity stream for 24 hours this Saturday, uh, October 20th. His Twitch account is twitch.tv slash griffon51, that's G-R-Y-P-H-O-N-5-1. It's for um, Extra Life, so go ahead, donate to him. You donate on a per-hour basis, so 
since it's 24 hours, if you donated $1 per hour, you would be paying 24 bucks. It's for a good cause. It's for the kids. Go ahead and do that. Uh, I'll be the posting. Kids. Huh? <laughs> the kids. <laughs> the kids. Yeah. So go ahead and do that. I'll be posting more about that. And I will be jumping into the stream at some random point on the 20th because I'm busy that day. So I can't stay around. And depending how many people are there, you will be receiving a prize. Someone will be receiving a prize. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and announce what that is. But if there's over 100 people, it will be a nominal prize. So look out for that. Uh, other than that, as always, facebook.com slash the pixel response. You can email podcast at pixel dash response dot com. Twitter is at pixel underscore response. You can get me at exposure, E X F A U X S U R E. You can get Nathan at Krasnor, K R A Z N O R. As always, listen to That's us on it. Stitcher if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, Zed. <laughs> listen, listen to us on Stitcher if you don't want to download the episode. They make this file size really, really tiny so you can stream in, not with waste your bandwidth if you have smartphones which all of you do and as always pixel-response.com for more and that'll do it so thanks for having me buddy as always man we'll be doing more stuff because apparently we have a lot more to talk about than just oh, media oh right yeah so we'll see and we'll <laughs> see all you guys next week